If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another listener episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. And today I am talking to Lindsay. Lindsay lives in Canada and she has actually a very unique story in terms of her relationship She met her ex working together in Africa before COVID hit. She's from Canada. He was from South Africa. And due to COVID, she had to go home and he had to go home. So they tried to do their relationship long distance. And ultimately, the guy ghosted her and then all of a sudden went public with his ex. So... We have ghosting in this story. We have, you know, long distance breakups. I actually get asked about that a lot, about long distance relationships. And we have, you know, the situation where the ex gets back with the ex, which obviously, as you can imagine, is incredibly painful. So I really think this is like one of those true COVID breakups. So Lindsay shares about obviously all of the pain going through that. She did so many of the right things in terms of, you know, cutting off contact and removing him and his family on social media. She ended up pursuing and got her dream job working in disaster response in the Bahamas. So she's just a great story of overcoming, I think, a lot of our worst fears in in relationships. So Lindsay just has such an incredible story and so much perseverance. And she really like looked at the tools that she had access to and she used them because that's the thing. That's the difference that I see of people who really move through their breakups gracefully and those who tend to stay stuck a little bit longer is it's a matter of Will you use the tools given to you? Will you utilize the resources? Will you do the things that sometimes are a little bit hard, but they will bring you results? And Lindsay's a great example of that. So here is Lindsay's interview. Welcome, Lindsay, to the show. I'm so excited to get to chat with you. Oh, I'm so excited to do this. 
Yes. Well, and it's so nice <laughs> to see you again because you came to our Valentine's Day workshop, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I loved that. Yes. So at least over Zoom, see you again. But I'd love if you could just start by saying a little bit about you, where you're from, just kind of like some logistics to help people to relate to you. Yeah, of course. So I am Canadian. I am from Alberta. We moved a lot as kids. So I'm a bit of a nomad by genetics, I suppose. And I am currently working in disaster response in the Bahamas. And my life has always been fairly nomadic in the last few years. So. And I know we'll get like your whole story of this job that you have now, I know is related to your breakup. So we'll get into that later. When I was reading your story, that was like such a big thing that drew me into that is like, you know, the good things that come out of, I guess, what you work in like disasters, except it was a, you know, personal life disaster. And I'd love if you could just walk through like a Cliff Notes version of the relationship that you were in. So how long was it? Where did you guys meet? What was kind of the arc of the relationship? Yeah, ours was fairly unconventional as far as relationships go. We met working for the carnival. So we were (laughs) traveling with the carnival. He was a ride operator and I worked guest services and first aid. And he's a fair amount younger than I am. And we met because I had to do first aid on him one day when he was injured. And I definitely thought he was far too young for me and was not interested. And over time we fell in love and it was a long distance. He is South African and I'm Canadian. So once the season for the carnival ended, he went home to South Africa and I came home to Canada and then I got offered a job in Mozambique and he was also offered a job doing disaster response for the same organization. So we went to Mozambique, did disaster response together, and then COVID happened and split us up again. So our whole relationship was very tumultuous, but also very extreme, either like when you live in disaster response and when you live in the carnival, you live in very small quarters together. So bunk beds. So we've either lived in bunk beds or across the world from each other. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was like either so hot or so cold with being able to, you know, experiencing like both ends of the spectrum. And and how was the, because I know a lot of people like me included, I don't think I could ever be in a long distance relationship. Did you experience anxiety being apart from him or was it something where like throughout the relationship you felt relatively safe with your connection to him? I have almost only done long distance relationships somehow because I travel so much, but I initially didn't want to date him because of the distance, because South Africa and Canada, and because it's so extreme living in the same place, we almost built this amazing connection. When our first long distance happened, we had a set schedule where we would, you know, do a question of the day so that we weren't asking the same questions of like, how are you? How's your day? We would ask crazy questions or so we definitely built foundation that I don't know that we would have had if we had always been around each other. And then coming back together was on top of that. We already knew so much about each other in such a short time span. No, that, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think sometimes the, you know, if it's hot, like if you were living in those close quarters for a long period of time, I think it's pretty like rare to say that that stuff doesn't burn out at some point. So I thought you make a good point there. And 
And I think you're definitely not the first person I talked to where it's like, and then COVID hit. And then, I mean, I think we're in the season of COVID breakups right now. At least that's what, you know, I have seen. So when COVID happened, were you guys saying like, okay, we're just going to, I mean, first of all, we thought what COVID was going to be like a month. So, you know, so it's like you guys didn't call it quits then you just decided to go back to long distance. Yeah. We, we had three days to decide before we had to be evacuated from Mozambique. And in the time that it happened, we actually thought we were the first cases of COVID in the country, which was its own stressor. And wow. so in the time frame, yeah, we were told by our organization that two months was the estimate of when we would be able to get back there. So we debated between him coming to Canada or me going to South Africa. And it ended up being that it was just safer for me to go home and he wasn't able to get a visa. So we had all of the hopes in the world that we'd already survived long distance. And we were at such a solid place that we thought this is just another test and we will get out of this on the other side of COVID initially thinking two months time. Well, I think especially too the fact that it sounded like he would have gone with you had it not been for a visa. So I feel like by all means, there's like no reason to think that, you know, you guys wouldn't be solid throughout that couple months. And, and then kind of walk me through what started happening as the time went on in that long distance. Yeah. So I arrived home and Mozambique is a pretty dangerous area to live. And I was responsible for our health and safety. And I didn't realize the PTSD and stuff I went home with. And I didn't realize it when I was in Mozambique, how much I was struggling. So when I got home, I almost shut down and became really unresponsive to him. It was really unfair on my part at the beginning. And he pushed a lot through it. And then we got over it. And as COVID continued to go on, it became more and more desperate. South Africa was in a military lockdown. And now they have the Delta variant. And I believe at the time of our breakup, they were on another wave. And the likelihood of anyone leaving South Africa was so low. So we both struggled. I struggled in trying to fix it. And I tried to push forward and do what I could. And he struggled in shutting down. So he did what I did when we first got home. And eventually a girl who was his ex-girlfriend showed up in the picture and started to be in his social media and he ghosted me. Wow, man. I had a coaching client that I was working with who same kind of thing was ghosted by a long-term relationship. She didn't, wouldn't tell anyone. She wouldn't tell any of her closest friends about it because she had this like embarrassment almost around it. But I can't tell you how many times I have heard that happen. It's so unfortunate that because how long were you guys together? Didn't you say it was around the anniversary that all happened? So he started to shut down around our anniversary. He refused to post about our anniversary on social media. And he was a really big social media was something really important to him and me posting about him on mine. So when he didn't post about me on our anniversary, it was a little bit of a red flag. And then our anniversary is in, was in September and it was a month later in October that he stopped responding completely. I think, I mean, I always think with ghosting, I think back to like 
you know, the fifties or the sixties where it was like so much easier to ghost someone. Cause like you didn't have social media. You could just like never see them again. I don't think they did that back then. I think ghosting is like, unfortunately this newer thing. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens with ghosting is like, meaning you would either, you know, kind of reach out and demand answers or would just like say, you know, kind of push, like go backwards and be like, I'm done. Like, I'm not even going to try to work through this because this is such a shock and both are totally normal. So which one did you fall into? When he started to fade away, I went into the very stereotypical, very long WhatsApp messages, okay, the yeah. monologues on WhatsApp. And then eventually I was like, fine, if you don't want to talk to me, then I'm deleting everything. Bye. And he never responded. So after that, you never got an explanation from him as to like what happened. You just pieced it together based on what you saw on social media. So we didn't speak and then for a few months, and then he had kept my photos on his Instagram, like photos of us together in, on our trips. And there was one day when I was looking at photos tagged of me and they had been there the day before and they were gone. And it was, I think it was in like November or December ish, I think November. And I just sent him a message and I honestly didn't even want a response because I didn't want to know at that point. I just wanted to say like, this is me closing this chapter. And I said, I see you've deleted our photos. I guess it's, it was a good chapter when we had it. I hope you have a good life. And then he responded and was like, it was really hard for me. And we went back and forth with messaging and it was probably the most confusing messaging I've ever received in my life. Because when we started dating, I bought him all of these souvenirs and like I, he was a sick, a smoker and I'm not a smoker, but I bought him like little lighters that just had Canadian flags on them. They were the non-refillable ones, but he would send me a photo and was like, look what I just found this morning in my jeans. And it was a photo of the lighter that I bought him on our first date. And then I bought him socks on our first fight that were like, I'm the world's okayest boyfriend, just as like a joke. And he was like, I even have the socks on right now. And I was like, what does this mean? And so we were going back and forth and it was nothing romantic. And then the girl who I suspected to be in his life started watching my Instagram stories and my Instagram's open. And I asked him, I was like, who is this girl and why is she watching my stories? And he had no reasonable explanation. He's like, I don't know. It's a small town. And I sent her a message just saying, Hey, not sure what's happening. Totally fine if you watch it, but I'm more curious. And she blocked me. Mm. So that was like, and then they went public three days later. Wow. I mean, going back to what he was saying to you, I'm like, not at all surprised that the first thing he said was like, this has been really hard for me too. Like just, you know, wanting to be like, look at, you know, I'm a victim here, here too, which I think is very telling probably. So I'm curious, do you feel like you had like two different breakups, like from the point where you guys stopped talking and then I don't know how many months later with, you know, him going public with this new girl, especially after you guys had been talking, like, do you feel like you kind of went through two breakups? Yeah. When, cause someone sent me, he blocked all my friends on Facebook and someone else sent me when they went public. 
onto my WhatsApp. And so it definitely felt that one almost felt like a harder one because I had made the decision in the other breakup. I was the person who said, all right, I'm deleting you off of my Facebook. I'm taking our status away. Like I'm making this decision. The other one for me felt, I knew it was coming and it definitely felt like a different breakup. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I mean, in as much as like this is possible, but I think in the beginning when it was almost like an empowering kind of thing for you to be like, I'm not going to be treated like this. I'm not going to be strung along. So I will decide, which I think is a really good lesson for a lot of people listening because, and I talked about this on my stories last week, but just this whole idea of we think that the other person can dictate the whole situation. So like, I think most people in your situation would continue hanging on to the ex, especially if it was unclear. But I think you're a great reminder of you 100% have the power to say like, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. So I'm going to end it. So it's almost like you experienced both one where it was like empowering, you made the decision. And then the one where something was ripped from you in some way. And I wonder when you guys were talking did you feel like, was there something in you that said like, oh, maybe this is the beginning of us getting back together? It didn't necessarily feel like this would be the us getting back together, but there was something in the conversation that was like, this isn't over in some capacity. I'm not a big proponent of being friends with an ex. I have pretty amicable breakups, but it just doesn't work for me. But he, in our messages, it was almost like, don't worry, the things that we planned will still do when you eventually make it to South Africa. And meanwhile, so it, it never felt like a romantic thing, but it was very, I even said to him, I was like, this is very confusing for me because I love you and I don't know your intentions here. So why was happening? And because when I did the initial breakup, it was a longer time period than I think I should have held on for because I kept asking, like, is this the end for you? Like, if this is a a breakup, I'm okay with that. We have done a lot, but I need you to tell me. And then he just wouldn't say anything. And then I eventually was like, no. So then, yeah, it almost felt like keeping me on the back burner for one day when I come to South Africa. Yeah. Okay. So you guys were talking and then three days later, he goes public with this girl. What were your initial feelings with that? Was it anger? Was it betrayal? And then I'm curious if at some point you got to this place where you're like, wow, this is someone that can't tell me the truth, like can't give me the benefit of at least like telling me where he's at. Like, was there kind of a a path that you took, like being able to see him more objectively for based on how he treated you? The first was definitely anger. I was, because we were chatting at the time. And I had made a comment that it was really confusing for me. And he made a comment to me that I'm adding stress to his life (laughs) and then went public with this girl. And I was angry. I was so angry because I had actually asked about her initially before our breakup. I had said, this girl is showing up in your stories. Like, who is she? Why is she in your stories? I don't care if you have female friends. So I was angry and I, I definitely sent a message that was just anger. And then I deleted them off my Instagram. I deleted, I blocked her. She'd already blocked me, but I essentially just deleted all of our WhatsApp messages. And then 
it was almost like I knew what I thought was confirmed. So then it was painful, but exactly like I, he was planning to propose to me before COVID, like all of this stuff was so serious. And then to just pivot completely reminded me that when we met, he love bombed me and I was so overwhelmed by it. Hmm. And this reminded why I was so concerned when we started dating, because I was concerned that one day he would do to me what he did to the girl before me. Interesting. Okay. So does that mean there was any anger towards you? Like not trusting your gut or, or what did that look like? Was there like, did any of that anger make its way back to you? I was definitely disappointed. There was times where like my best friend knew the two of us. She actually was the one who recommended that we date. And I chatted with her about like, these were all the things that I saw before we started dating. These are all the things that I mentioned before we started dating. And the literal promise that the one thing that I asked him when we decided to do long distance was please, if you ever fall out of love with me, or if you ever fall in love with someone else, tell me so that we can move on healthy. And I feel like because I was so open about where I was at, I felt less anger towards myself because I'd given someone a shot who I was prepared to initially, and I loved him. I had amazing most of the year with him. So there was definitely like a roller coaster of emotion. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think there's any reason to be mad at yourself. And I think that's one, like you have such a great perspective on that because you're instead looking at the time, like we had a great thing, you know, and if it has to end, it had to end but I don't think there's any reason to, to be upset because not like, it sounds like you were very upfront in your communication, you know, we're a great partner to this person. So I think at the end of the day, like if we're looking at sides of the street, like your side of the street, is very clean in this situation. And I think all that probably he did was probably show some of his like deeper, truer colors in -hmm. relationships. And I'm like, when I tell people being able to see your ex more objectively, that does not happen overnight at all. Like it takes time and it takes some distance, especially emotional distance before you're able to go back and be like, oh, that's right. Like I, you know, the beginning was more of a love bombing situation and I had known he had done maybe something like this in the past. So it takes a while to be able to, to connect all those dots. So what were some of the things that you did that helped in the beginning of your breakup? Just before our breakup, I had started doing therapy to try to work through, like you said, my side of the street, because, you know, coming home with PTSD, I emotionally shut down on him. So I was trying to find, make sure that in the end of our relationship, I was taking care of how I could be a better partner. And so once our relationship ended, I was already in therapy and I was in therapy with someone who knew our relationship story and an uncensored version, not like a, I look nice and he looks terrible. And that was incredibly helpful was going through the steps and knowing my therapist was really strong in this won't feel the same every day. There will be waves and Some days it'll feel like a tsunami. Some days you'll be like, I feel amazing. And then some days you'll feel like I just want to crawl under my bed and cry. 
And so that was a really big one for me. And then, you know, I started more and more on like social media. So finding Break a Bestie on Instagram and then also things on TikTok and just all of these things were really, really helpful in recognizing that while our story was a little bit unconventional being from the carnival and distance and everything, the feelings were not unconventional. They were pretty normal. And for me, especially the reels and stuff that you post, those and the podcast were reminders that everyone has different healing stories, but they're all similar. There are similar things in everyone's story. And that I wasn't on it my own. It wasn't my own thing. No one had ever felt before. And yeah, that was incredibly empowering to be able to move forward. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Well, I love what your therapist said, like this won't feel the same every day. And I catch this a lot with people who, who do, they have a good day and then the next day is not good. And they're like, Mm -hmm. it's all ruined. Like I'm back at square one. And it's like, no, you know, how we felt yesterday doesn't necessarily dictate how we're going to feel today. So I love that whole thing of You know, just like if you're having a good day, don't overthink it. Don't think like the other shoe's about to drop. Just be like, today's good. And I don't need to know why, but today feels good. And then tomorrow might not feel good, but at least it's not like a devastation because I went from high to low. So I love that. And I think therapy is, like you said, 
telling the, I don't think people lie during breakups, but what I do notice, and I've done this in the past is we tend to tell the story so often that it ends up becoming this like narration, this story and maybe like block out certain parts. And then we tell the story so often that we really start believing that to be the truth. So I think it's so important that you have therapists or even just like your journal where you're completely uncensored about the breakup because, you know, it's easy to tell it in a way where it's all the other person's fault. You can tell it in a way where it's all your fault. It's just, it, we can really tweak the story based on who we're telling, how often we're telling and what we're saying. So I love that part that you said. And then what you were mentioning about like the uniqueness, because by all means, your story is like, we met at a carnival. It's like, it's such a unique story, but my guess is everyone listening to this, like, you know, can relate to the feelings that came up, the things that happened afterwards. And I think the idea that I'm not like you really blocks people off from healing because Mm -hmm. then you'll see a video and it's like, just because I didn't explain your exact situation, you're not going to end up being able to listen to that. Yeah. So as you started kind of with therapy and on Instagram and all of those things, what were some of the, like the signs were started feeling different? Like you started feeling a little bit better. So we have mutual friends and there were things where people would ask about him or people would mention him. And at the beginning, it would be something that would just shatter me or I would find something in my house. So I have souvenirs that he also gave me and photos on my computer and all of these things. So it was when seeing photos or seeing something started to feel less like it was like ripping my heart out. And ironically, last night in our hotel room, I was emptying out my wallet, which some of the stuff is from Africa. And in my wallet is a grocery list that he wrote when he got malaria in Africa. And it has his name at the top and his grocery list for me to go get. And I found it last night. And it was like, my roommate knows the two of us. And she looked at me and she's like, are you okay? And I said, honestly, this is hilarious to me (laughs) because it would have just crushed me because I took care of him when he had malaria and you know, this list, I don't know why I kept it, but it, yeah. So things like that were reminders of him, of our relationship became less painful and coming to a disaster program since breaking up was definitely a roller coaster that I didn't expect because the last time I was in a bunk bed was when we were sharing our world together in Mozambique. And the last time that I went on my break was with him. And so all of these like first from that breakup, it started off very painful. So it was almost the tsunami of the waves. And then, you know, I've been in the Bahamas for two months, just about three months, and it doesn't have the same impact now. So it's definitely things that had a big impact don't anymore or have less. Yeah, it's less. It doesn't even have to be no impact and recognizing that even, you know, finding a picture or hearing their name, even if it doesn't sting as much. And I had like a few questions about kind of the nature of of your career. So as someone, I mean, you're literally a caretaker 
right? Like mm-hmm. in, as, as part of your job, do you find that it's easier or harder for you to turn that energy towards you? I have become better at it. So for example, right now I'm on a break with another person and I knew today I needed a separation. So I booked my own room and I said to her, listen, this isn't a thing about you. I mental health wise need a little bit of a break to take care of me. And I was not always that I was not always good at it. I used to always be focused on everyone else and just burned myself out. But yeah, through therapy and through all of this, I've become better at taking care of myself. That's awesome. The airplane, the airplane analogy of like, put your own mask on to help someone else. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think that's a huge thing that I got out of breakups too, is learning how to put the energy back towards me, especially with you. I mean, I'm sure your job takes a lot of energy that you need. And if you're not in the right place, like you're not going to be able to give that kind of energy. And I think there's this big aspect in when we're feeling poorly, there's a lot of benefit in helping someone else. And like, I mean, like in very small ways, like holding the door open or like sending a nice text to a friend, like just pointing our energy because so much of our pain, like, and I mean this in the nicest way comes from like the self-obsession about like me, 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 like I'm sad. I lost this. I'm angry, all those things. So just being able to like direct our energy towards someone else can be really helpful. So you do that in a really big way. Have you noticed especially because part of your breakup, you weren't doing that. And now you have been the last couple of months. Is there a big difference in when you're helping others? So ironically, the three people who were the most caring for me during my breakup, I actually one day sent all three of them a random message that was like the three things that I love the most about you. And all three of them were having the worst day, but they had listened to me so much. And that was probably one of my best days was knowing that there had been no expectations and they'd listened the whole time. And yeah, it was, so things like that at work as well, when I get to see, like we handed over school the other day and it's just this beautiful thing of knowing that my energy isn't about another person. It's about making things better. And that has, I have a lot less concerns about being in a relationship or needing to be in a relationship right now, because this is me once again, building back to, what makes me excited and what will eventually make me attractive to someone else is the things that I'm super passionate about and me taking care of myself. So it definitely is something that I'm thankful that I got to come here and do and put all my energy in to take my mind off of what someone might be doing in the country that they can't leave. Yeah. Well, and just like giving such a sense of, I think so much of going through a breakup is we're just needing just a slight perspective shift of just like seeing that there's a bigger picture and like our whole life is not based on this one relationship. So for you to be able to like, and I know this was like a really, I think you had written that it was like a dream job for you to like be able to go to the Bahamas and do this. So for you to like, first of all, get that opportunity. And then second of all, just be in another country and like see something that's different from yours. It's like, we just get so much less concerned with the little stuff that's affecting us day to day. Mm-hmm. For me, it made new memories for this year. So all of the big days happened with totally new memories, which is 
fantastic for me. And you got to reclaim that part of your life because, you know, while it was great that your ex and you were able to share that part of your life, then there's the downside of like, okay, it ended. And so for you to be able to go back out and say, and even saying like, it's okay that I'm having this tsunami of emotions as I first get into it, because eventually it will be like an empowering thing for you to be able to reclaim in that way. Yeah. Being able to, because this was what I did before I ever met him and I introduced him to it. It was absolutely about reclaiming it as what made me move forward. This was my life that I invited him into, not the life that he invited me into. So it's been a reminder that I had a cool life. Yeah, you do. No, you do have a very cool life. And, you know, no one can take that from you. No one can take that, you know, that part of you. And I love too what you said about, you know, that like continuing to do what you love and continuing to do what you're passionate about, like the right partner will like meet you there. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you don't need to hang back. You don't need to like change anything about you. It's like, you just need to keep doing what you're passionate about. And then that person will catch up, you know, will meet you where you're at. And that's the kind of partner that you want to attract anyways, someone that, is like, oh, I see what you're doing. I love that. I want to be a part of it. Yes, it is yeah. not for everyone. So yeah, <laughs> this would have to be where I meet someone. Yeah. And I'd love to, you know, kind of ask you about where are you at with like the resentments? Do you still feel resentful towards your ex? And, you know, if not, how did you deal with it? Or how are you still working through that? I definitely have days where I'm resentful, but I feel like I have gained perspective of one, I said it at the beginning, but he was quite a bit younger than me and the maturity level was something I was always concerned about and the distance was always going to be hard. So I think I've gained a perspective of while it was not how it should have been done. I am not surprised that it ended because we had things that didn't necessarily always match. So I think while I would have loved to have it be a mature breakup, I am not surprised. And I'm also more understanding. I think at this point in time, I was definitely resentful at the very beginning. And now I just, honestly, I hope that if that's the person that he's going to be with and that they're happy, I resented both of them. But now I know that we weren't the right people for each other. And we were trying to fit potential into our lifetime. Hmm. And we both had things that were potentially amazing for each other, but probably not realistic. And I fell in love with his potential and I'm sure he fell in love with my potential. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to fall into, you know, not, I wouldn't necessarily call it like a fantasy, but it's almost like this idea of what could be like, if we, you know, we can travel the world together and, you know, be able to do all these things. And I think it's, super normal to have resentment, like still pop up. I think the key is to be released from the tight grip of anger. Like, I think that's the goal. I think that happened like 15 years ago where I think about it. I'm like, oh, that sucked. You know, like it's it's okay to still have those things, but the goal is like to not be controlled in any way Mm -hmm. by the anger that you have towards another person that honestly, like we can't do anything about. 
Yeah, absolutely. So like, while I'm sure it would have been nice at some point for you to like have gotten this well thought out, like long apology at the end of the day, like it probably would not have changed your healing journey. And I have a feeling that because you dealt with such like an abrupt breakup that didn't have closure, it almost made you, it's like you kind of had to work harder at it. And then therefore you reaped a lot of rewards from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what has surprised you in this process? Like what's something you learned about yourself that you didn't realize before going through the breakup? One of the things that I never fully realized was I had a big amount of self-esteem issues after our breakup. And in working through that, it brought to light exactly sort of what I said earlier of like how cool my life was. And before me, like before us dating, my last serious relationship was like six years before I'd never cared that much about relationships. And so this has brought to light that one, I don't need a relationship in my life and I'm perfectly happy exploring my life as I am. And that I someone out there is going to see it for exactly what I have. And, you know, that's enough for me is I don't need to, again, I don't need to change anything about myself. And that was something that I feel like I didn't fully know until our breakup was he fell in love with me because I had this amazing story and this very cool life and this background that he couldn't even picture. And that is plenty. And for me, that was a very big thing of the notion that I am enough as I am. And I don't know if I felt that before. That's beautiful. I mean, even the point for you to be able to say, my life is really cool. And to have it be like, someone would be so lucky to, to, you know, be with me. And I know like people can say like, oh, well that sounds, I don't know. I, for a long time, I'll say for me for a long time, I was like, oh, that's bragging or that's, you know, like realizing that I'm a catch is bragging, but it's not. It's putting the right energy out there to attract the right kind, right kind of person. So I think that's incredible that came out of the breakup and it gave you this kind of platform and opportunity to to work through that self-esteem and work through like all of the things that were blocking you from being able to see that because your life has always been cool. You've always been enough. We just have these things that block our ability to be able to see that and realize that. Mm -hmm. And then my last question for you is if you could go back to the moment where you realized the relationship was over and you could say something to that version of you, what would you say? This isn't the end of the book. It's the end of the chapter. Love that. Yes, love that. That's so important to remember because as much as it feels like our life is over when a breakup happens, it's exactly what you said. It is a chapter. The like you're still the main character of the book. Like the plot continues to go on. And it, it doesn't mean that anything has ended aside from losing a partner. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Wish you the best of luck in the Bahamas and everything that you're doing and excited to see where your journey takes you. Thank you so much for having me. This was very fun. <laughs> 
I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.